Hello and welcome to episode 17 of the Tech Authority Podcast. Today I have a special guest. I have Amy Schmidtauer, the new triple threat, YouTuber, speaker and author from Columbus. Amy is the creator of the YouTube show Savvy Sexy Social, a YouTube series that is dedicated to helping you go after the life you want. Amy, welcome to the show. Hey, Andrew, how are you? I'm good. How are you? Great. I love chatting with you, so I'm very excited to be here. Excellent. Happy to have you here. I think this is just going to be a really short podcast, but I think maybe what we can do is we can talk about the tech side of things a bit more. So I've got a few mm -hmm. questions from my audience who wanted to know a bit more about what you do. So um, maybe you can just give yourself a quick intro and um, we can get into some of the questions. Yeah, sounds good. So um, I have been a video content creator for about 10 years now, more seriously in probably the last eight. And I became a social media marketer in 2010. So when I came into the space and there was a lot of competition for social media marketing, I wanted to stand out. So I used video to do that and tell my story, teach people how to do things simply by making video on YouTube. And so that's how I've gotten to this point. That's helped me grow into a speaker and now an author and all of these things sort of inspired by sharing my message and, and how I can help people uh, through video on YouTube. So that's, uh, that's me in a nutshell. Fantastic. So what were the challenges in the beginning stages that you faced when using video? Did you have trouble with, you know, getting the message out that you wanted or uh, did you have an audience that you had in mind that you wanted to speak to? I think uh, probably at the beginning for me was just sort of internal fears of making videos sort of, you know, what, what are people going to think or do I sound dumb and that kind of thing. I think when you first get started and you're doing something that can immediately be judged, that can, that's a hard thing to get past. It's You can, though, but um, really focusing on the importance of my message is what kind of got me through that and a lot of experience as well. Um, and then, of course, there's always sort of learner's curve of, you know, how you want something to be finished and, and produced and edited together, you know, learning equipment and, and trying to do that right, but also not letting it bog you down so that you can just make sure you click publish on your project and get people to find out who you are. I mean, the biggest challenge is standing out, at, you know, no matter what year it was or what medium you're using. So that's always sort of the hack that, that was at play for me. Fantastic. And what was the reason that you got involved in YouTube and vlogging? For me, I uh, I didn't really have a plan to do this YouTube thing. It was just I discovered it as a tool. I had created my first video, and I thought, what if I did this more? I'm going to need to upload it to a place. You know, you can't just burn DVDs and send them to people in the mail. That's going to be really annoying just for a silly uh, video that I just want to edit together. So I basically just discovered YouTube that way. And um, I found a lot of creators that were using it, what they were doing, and I was inspired by them. And that made me want to create even more and kind of open my mind to the different kind of creative video product, projects that I could make. So that's, um, that's how I got started with YouTube. And then fortunately, it went on to be the second largest search engine in the world. And there's a lot of reasons why it was helping. And it was helping me grow. And it was an inspiring place to be. And it's just been fun ever since. Fantastic. That sounds really cool. 
So yeah. tell us about, about your first video and how you managed to get that in front of an audience, because I think that story is really quite fascinating to me. Yeah. So my first video ever? Yeah, first video uh, was, ever. <laughs> first video ever was um, for uh, my high school friend who asked me to be in her wedding. And I just thought it would be really cool to be the favorite bridesmaid. But how do I become the favorite bridesmaid? I have to make her feel really special. So I thought, okay, I will make her a video. And I found a way to make a video. That was just the thought that came to mind, and it somehow worked. And I just recorded messages from friends and family, people we know, people we felt like we hadn't seen in decades, but it had really only been a couple of years because we were not that old. <laughs> but <laughs> it felt like so long ago that we were in high school. And I made a video for her to play at the rehearsal dinner. And that video was simply just meant to make her feel good and to make her feel even more happy on a special day. And the uh, the rest of the room that was also attending the rehearsal dinner, usually it's more than just a couple of people, it was mm -hmm. quite, a, quite a large room of people were also just as emotionally sort of happy and, and excited about the video as the person I made it for. And I thought that was so interesting that... I'd made something for one person and even more than one person appreciated it. So that was really what got my sort of mind ticking a little about how people receive information and the best way that you can create a message through video mm -hmm. and have it affect many people, even though you're keeping one per one person in mind the whole time. Fantastic. So I want to get into a bit more of the, the technical side of things. I've got a few questions about that. If you were starting to make videos today, how would you approach it? Like if you were to start all over from scratch, what would you use like to create video? What's the best way? Well, the nice thing today is that starting from scratch in 2017 is much more glamorous than starting from scratch when I started. I <laughs> so <imagine>. today, <laughs> today with smartphones, with internet access, with apps that can edit video, I, if I were just starting today mm -hmm. and I said, you know, I'm super inspired by this, I'm just going to do what I can with what I have, I would just be using a phone because you can do everything on the phone. To me, mm -hmm. it sounds a little tedious. I don't know how excited I would be to edit video on a phone, but it's how I would start at least because even if that doesn't sound quite up your alley and you do need to do some editing, there are web tools that will help you edit video now. There's Adobe Spark. YouTube has an editor built in. Mm -hmm. You can film on your phone, upload those assets to the Internet, and start moving things around there and make them what you want them to be there. You don't even need a professional editor to make something that's suitable to share. So if I was just starting today and I didn't have a whole lot going for me and I didn't know how to work a camera and I barely do today anyway I'm just getting by on that I would use a smartphone I would use a smartphone because it is customized for you to do the best job possible for it to look good um, it's so funny there's this commercial running here uh, for Apple and mm -hmm. it's this girl, she takes a picture of a family member or something. And the family member who's older than her looks at the phone 
and is like, this is the best picture that's ever been taken of me. And she's so convinced that it was the girl holding the camera that made it the best (laughs) picture ever that she runs around the whole town and has the girl take a bunch of pictures of everybody. And it was such a good commercial because it's a testament to, of course, you know, you have to have someone holding the camera and that person is important. But that device is so powerful on its own. There's no reason to stress out about DSLRs and these fancy things that we could have Mm -hmm. if you can get your message across with what's in your pocket. Totally. It makes perfect sense to me. I mean, the, the technology has changed a lot. Like before with video on a phone, I could imagine doing it on the phone, but uh, now that you've got the live streaming technology behind it as well, oh, which just yeah. makes things much, much simpler. Have you used much of the live streaming products on the, on your phone? Like I know yeah. you have Snapchat and Instagram, Facebook Live. Um, which do you find is like the live streaming side of things? I mean, it's totally different to doing a pre-record and, you know, chopping all the video up and editing it and putting it together. But do you find that live streaming now is becoming certainly more accessible than what it used to be? Definitely. Live streaming, everybody's confusing for being this new technology and it's not it's just more accessible just like every other form of video is becoming more accessible mm-hmm. um, one of my favorite youtubers ever started not even on YouTube she started on justin.tv and was live streaming her whole life and this was back in probably 2006 so oh. live streaming has been around for a really long time and probably even older than that like I could be I could be speaking ignorantly if I'm making that sound like a long time ago mm-hmm. but it's all right there in the smartphone. I think that's what it comes down to. We have the ability to live broadcast to anybody in the world simply by, you know, holding our phone up and and switching on the live button. It's really incredible. And I think what's nice about that for the pre-recorded produced editing or produced video sort of side is that live streaming is enlightening people to all of the things that we now can do with video. And there's something about that live element that's making that those wheels turn for people like, oh, I can live stream, I can I can edit something, I can make a vine. We can't do that anymore because I think, you know, Snapchat Vines, and, and other tools, other tools have kind of killed it. But yeah, yeah. It is, it's gone, but it was still something interesting that people said, look what I can do in six seconds. Mm. And so I think it actually did a lot for the video world because you could accomplish so much in a short amount of time if you knew how to capture attention. Exactly. And that's what it's all about. Like, Standing out from the crowd is one of those hardest things to do. You know, everyone does it differently. But I think video, I think most people will watch a video now on YouTube because it's easy to do, accessible mm-hmm. for everyone. But I find from what I do, especially in my world, if I'm wanting to learn something, video is the best way. Like if I wanted to look at somebody's website and they've got text only, then you think, well, it's going to take me a lot more to get through that, a lot more time to get through that. Video is more accessible, so why don't you put a video and just say you know, what your message is and get it out in video because most people will watch a video and read a website. 
Absolutely. I think there's a reason why Google and, and YouTube are the top two search engines. Most people will go to Google first, mm -hmm. but the people that know immediately that they just need something visual to show them an understanding of something, they're going to go to YouTube first. Regardless, if you go to YouTube and you get a visual answer and results, then you end up in YouTube. So mm -hmm. there's there's so much opportunity with YouTube and, and what I've sort of said a few times now, it feels like today, and maybe I'm saying it for the first time here, is that it, it truly is an opportunity to have intentional discovery. People can go there and find a piece of content by searching for it. And Facebook, although uprising significantly in how important it is for video and certainly how much favor it's giving to live, mm -hmm. it's still not quite there when it comes to being able to find something really easily. And you can't go to Facebook search and seamlessly find something in video form that you might need unless mm -hmm. it's a person that you know of or a brand you know of specific, specifically and you're willing to sign, sort of scroll on their page to find what you're looking for. It's not a true search engine, which yes, that's right. I don't know if it's meant to be, but at the same time, it has so many resources and people and information going for it that you would think on some level that they would want to play in that area. But um, right now, I don't think they're winning at that at all. No, I don't think they're winning at that at all. I think maybe because there's too many things that can be private on Facebook. So if you upload sure, something, sure. then that might be part of the reason why you can't find things. Yeah, um, yeah. But yeah, it's, it's quite interesting. Now you've been doing video for such a long time. I discovered your videos through your friend, Gary Vaynerchuk. And uh, I remember a specific video that came up that was shared by him about his book, Ask Gary V. And as soon as I started watching that video, then there was, was, there was another video, and then there was another video, and another video. And, you know, before, you know, too long, a couple of hours had gone past. I'm like, where did the time go? <laughs> like, how do you oh, make, I just made a new you... best friend. Uh, yeah. I didn't even realize it. <laughs> how did you, um, how do you make your videos like that so that they're, you know, constantly easy to, to play and before you know, you know, the time's disappeared? That was a promise that I made from the beginning with my channel. When I first started, I had an audience who wasn't really excited to learn about social media marketing, but they knew they needed it. Mm -hmm. So in order for me to show up on their radar, I needed to answer their questions and I needed to answer them quickly. And so that really uh, was sort of the inspiration for, for how everything ended up being so bingeable. Mm -hmm. I was going to give you some practical advice. I was going to give it to you in a two to three minute clip. You were going to find it in search or social or referral or word of mouth, whatever it was. And you would watch it and you would get information, you'd get results, you'd get action right away. And hopefully, you know, the plan was actually for you to just go do that thing and then come back next time and, and watch. But as my archives grew and grew because of how consistent I was with video, somebody would sit down and find a video such as yourself and you mm -hmm. would watch more than one because YouTube is really good at keeping you on their platform. And if they know you like my content, they're going to send you more of my content. And my content is so short and easy to consume that mm -hmm. you stay hooked on it. So. That bingeability was really inspired by me not wanting to waste anyone's time because the goal 
was to educate them, make them have a little bit more fun than they anticipated with this area of information that they needed, and then get them to trust me as a thought leader, which takes a lot of touch points. So one video doesn't quite do the job. Awesome. With your videos, how are you putting them together? Because I know that you're doing this month, you're doing your Vlog Like a Boss series, which is all about the book and the lead up to the book. How's it been for you, you know, creating a video every day? How much time does that take for you to put a video together and then put it up on YouTube and then respond to the comments that you get on your uh, on the video once it's uploaded? So the, the nice thing about the Vlog Like a Boss series has been it's showing you into my day. Mm -hmm. So ideally filming is working well with how things are already going and I'm not having to set aside time to film like I traditionally would where I have to set up lights, cameras, stand in front of my bookshelf, plan some content and deliver it. So in the filming aspect, although it's it's not a perfect scenario, it's not, you know, giving me all my time back. I still have to film mm -hmm. wherever I am, so it is taking a little bit of time, but it's not you know, taking time the way setting aside time for filming would. So that's helpful. But yes, processing, editing and, and uploading and, and engaging a video every single day for 31 days is a huge challenge. The upside is uh, the reason I'm doing it is very specific. There is a specific goal at the end of this campaign. And um, it's helping me nurture an audience that already trusts me. So they get a new experience. And the time spent on all of these things is massively helping me to promote my book that's coming out at the end of the month. And that's why it's worth the time. But that being said, if I didn't live by my calendar very pretty strictly, I wouldn't mm -hmm. be able to get as much done every day as I am, including but not limited to an everyday video series of extensive clips, much more detailed editing, bells and whistles like handwriting titles and integrating music, etc. Um, the other videos, you know, are absolutely easier than these if you really compare them in terms of technicality and detail. But um, it's such a perfect complement to what I'm doing and how important it is for me to show my audience what I'm doing because I want them to see how important this book launch is to me because they asked me for it. I'm doing it for them. So what better way to to make good on this than to bring them along the journey, which is what video is really all about is letting people in and letting them see, you know, show instead of tell. Mm -hmm. Exactly. It makes so much more sense. Now, you're using a Mac, is that right? To to That's right. put all your credit, your uh, videos on. What software are you using to uh, edit your videos at the moment? I'm editing with Final Cut Pro. Cool. Is that the best product that you think that's out there on the, the Mac? I mean, I know that you've used Adobe platforms in the past as well. Is that something that you go back to, or is it this the Final Cut Pro the, the better I, choice? Uh... I thought for sure I was I was ready to be on Adobe for the long term. It was beginning of 2016 that uh, my other YouTube friends switched me over, and and the reason for that was the type of editing I do, the type of content the content that I do doesn't really merit the extensiveness of Adobe Premiere Pro. They're both mm -hmm. pro level, but um, my videos are 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 not 
terribly complicated where Final Cut helps me expedite the process a little bit. But other, I, I still there was still learner's curve for that. Mm-hmm. So I was really dragging my feet, and I just thought, why would I do that? Why would I switch? What got me to switch was the export time on Final Cut. It is unbelievably fast compared to what I was waiting for in Adobe. I just, I don't even know how they did it. It feels like magic, but Mm -hmm. the time it takes to export a video on Final Cut is so fast, I don't even factor it into the process time anymore. It's like press export, walk away, get a cup of coffee, come back, the video's exported. I have to worry more about how big the file is to upload and how my internet speed is for YouTube than I have for exporting. I'm not even thinking about export time anymore. Where Adobe, I was factoring at least a half hour to 45 minutes for an export. Wow. That's reasonable. And uh, my videos are simple. That's dumb for me to have to have that much time for export. I'm hoping Adobe kind of got their stuff together on that. But um, Adobe uh, Final Cut has been really nice for me in the last year, and I don't anticipate leaving. Wow, that's that's a huge uh, time difference. So I was going to walk away, get a cup of coffee, come back, and it's done compared to 45 minutes later. That's that's huge. That would take a lot of time out of your day if you were doing several uh, videos. So what's the average size of your videos? Obviously, they're between two to five minutes long, but for data size, what's the size and then well, uploading it time? Um, top of mind right now is what I've been doing lately. And because of how many clips are integrated and music and things, I've noticed that the file sizes obviously get bigger. Mm -hmm. Um, And, of course, I'm only exporting at 1080p. So, um, and then, of course, the better, not the faster. But the file in an MP4 for me is is usually – and also my videos have gotten – gotten longer in some cases this month Mm -hmm. but um the longer ones are the ones that get closer to a gig but i'm usually right around um, 500 megabytes maybe maybe 700 that's not too bad no it's really not it's more time on the upload though isn't it than anything else because sure depending on your internet connection i mean if you exactly uh... exactly and i don't have the best internet i i I have good internet but i'm really restricted with what i can get in my building Mm -hmm. um but uh, it's it's not it's not bad it's really not bad for a five to ten minute video it's it's no big deal. Fantastic. So tell us a little bit about the the book writing process. And this this is your first book, Vlog Like a Boss: How to Kill It Online with Video. It's it's a really good book. I've read it. It took me two days to read the book from start to finish, and like your videos, it was just like constant content really oh man that's awesome i'm only starting to get like feedback right now so i just love hearing when someone read it so thank you so much andrew i appreciate that the process for me um because i have to be i have to be so focused on something in order to get it done right Mm -hmm. uh the writing process for me had to really be set aside to get done. Um, what the funny thing is I ended up allocating three weeks in August to write the book. And one of those weeks got taken away by YouTube of all people. They basically said, come to our headquarters for a week. And so I was like, Oh, well, I guess I'm not going to tell them. No. So, yeah, that uh, that been was interesting. 
it was very exciting. I wrote for a week. I went to YouTube for a week. And what was nice is I came back from that and I had more content and more insight that I was able to provide. And I think you saw that in there that I was mm -hmm. really transparent about what I learned there and, and the new things that I was thinking about and, and what I'd learned thus far that I needed reminded of at that event. So um, the writing process for me was very much get the time kind of cleared for my schedule to write so that I could do it as, as focused as possible, essentially. That was what was important to me. I did write the whole thing myself. Um, I thought maybe I was going to sort of speak it and then have it dictated and then, you know, fleshed out, but that really didn't happen. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I just wrote it. And uh, it's funny because people are like, did you really write it? Because everybody, <laughs> everybody gets their books written, I guess, these days. But I just, I really wanted my first book to be just me. I, I think I romanticized that a little bit, but it did mean a lot to me, and it does because everything like you've seen is very actionable from me. I like to deliver as much value as possible, and I wanted the same to be of my first book. And of mm -hmm. course, if I write another book, I'll want the same. But there was something about getting my experience down on paper in that first book that I really felt like I was going to be the only one that could truly deliver the way I wanted it. So that was why it was really important for me to just write it. But I sat down at the computer and I used, um, oh, what's that app called? Now it's escaping me. Uh, anyway, it's a, it's a, it's a manuscript writing app for Mac and I'll have to come up with the name of it, but, um, it was, it was fairly simple. I just sat down to write a different page, different chapter every day and mm -hmm. uh, got it done when I finally got it done. Fantastic. Well, congratulations on your first book. It's a brilliant read. It, if you are thinking about picking it up, it is available on Amazon. Uh, just went uh, public recently. Is that right? Right. It's, uh, it's available for sale on January 31st. Um, prior to that, it's in pre-order. Fantastic. Well, good luck with the book launch. Uh, I'm looking forward to hearing all about it and seeing everything on YouTube uh, through the daily vlog. And uh, you can check it out at vloglikeaboss.com. Amy, thanks very much for your time. It's been great uh, chatting with you. Thank you so much for having me, Andrew. Thank you. We'll see you next time on the next podcast. <laughs>